I'm Josh Sigmund, and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies, and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose, and I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. Welcome to another episode of Sigmund Sense, and uh, we're going to have a fun conversation today. It's not always pleasant to talk about, but it's a fun conversation. And what I want to really focus on today is, you know, what the earliest thoughts are about money, about debt, mm-hmm. about what savings is or isn't. Um, because I know your story, and you know mine, and I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I think it's a big issue in America right now. Uh, I think that there's very little taught in the schoolyard, uh, in, in middle school and high school yes. about what to do, what not to do, what credit cards are, mm-hmm. um, you know, cash use, things like that. It's and crazy. so I, like I wanna, when are they going to start teaching that stuff? Yeah. I, I think we should start teaching that too. I, yeah, well, hopefully this will start teaching some people. Yes. So, um, since we both screwed up because we were both, I know both of us were on the bad side of the, of that thought process. Mm-hmm. What is the earliest, um, What's your earliest thoughts about credit in general? Credit cards, debt. What was your earliest thoughts about that? What can you remember? I can remember being um, hedged away from them, like taught, don't you know? Don't go down that road. Don't go down down that road until you have to, and then you be responsible with it. But there, but that is really about it. Um, then in college, I had friends that were starting. They would go and open up a a credit card at every retail store imaginable because they didn't have any money, but Victoria's secret express, you know, all those stores would give you lines of credit and then you can have all the fancy clothes and, um, (laughs) you know, maybe make the payment someday, maybe not. Um, so I certainly did some of that dumb. Then, um, the biggest thing was I, um, I, I got a letter in the mail from Bank of America where I was banking and uh, they had popped a credit card in there and said, here's a $10,000 line of credit. I was flattered and honored. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's really cool. Like I have cool stuff. I they mean, just give me money. <laughs> like, You're kind of, it's like an endorsement deal. Is that what it is? Because yeah. if, if you get to carry on the certain handbags, like they're going to sell more handbags. It's like an influencer position. <laughs> yes, here, hold it. take this credit card. And I just remember thinking, well, they must know that, like that I make a lot of money bartending. Like they must know. And so I totally took the bait and totally maxed that baby out. Um, not quickly, but it happened. I always made payments, which I think is what, um, it's what kept me going spending because <laughs> I was still making the payments and I'm like, I'm good. I got this under control. I'm making payments. Nothing's late. 
Um, you only have to make the minimum. It's a beautiful situation happening. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's not how it works. So it takes, um, yeah, so I did that and then had to work all the way to pay that sucker down. And then I did it again, like <laughs> two years later. Like, what is wrong with me? And why do you think that is? There's, I mean, it's, you're certainly not the only one that's done that before. Uh, it's, it's insane. It's our culture. You know, we, for the most part, the United States for the last couple decades is a negative saving rate country, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that on average, people spend more than they have. Uh, which only works if you have credit lines, right? Credit right. cards. Yeah. Um, why do you think that we're hardwired that way as a consumer country? Why do you think that is? It's, um, I want it and I want it right now. Which I, goes back to deferred right gratification yeah, or not? It's, it's, there's zero deferred gratification. Although I will say I have practiced deferred gratification and, um, as recent as I just got my first pair of AirPods, earpods, AirPods for the, the uh, for the ears. The kids all know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know. What I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, my the daughter has one. Headphones. Yes, yes. I've wanted them for a really long time. In fact, I didn't even buy them. Um, Randy surprised me with them. That's cool. And but people had been making fun of me because I've been talking about how I really want the wireless earpods, and they're like, "Go buy them." I'm like, uh, but like I have headphones or earpods, whatever. I have some, you know, I don't need, I don't need these fancy ones. So anyways, um, it's the, it is that everybody wants it right now and we convince ourselves that we deserve it and it doesn't matter. Well, the the keeping up up with the Joneses is a real deal, right? Uh, I remember there was a, a commercial uh, it's probably 10 years old now, but I remember this. It's a middle-aged white guy that's mowing a, a lawn in the front of a fancy neighborhood house and like a colonial style house. And he's got a big smile on his face. And what he's saying is, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. You remember that one? I do remember that actually. And uh, I remember laughing at it. And what the sick humor is, is that that is most of America, right? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that. <laughs> do you, did I tell you how my first, I got my first credit card? No, but... Um, okay, this one's a good one. Yeah. So, um, so I'm back in college, and I go to spring break down at South Padre Island. I'm in South Padre Island with my buddies, and uh, I didn't have a lot of clothes at the time. And this specific t-shirt I had on this day was filthy. We had gone out the night before. I'm not sure we went to sleep. Um, we were back on the beach the next day. It was just a gnarly shirt that I had on. And I remember I'm walking down the beach, and, the, and there's these booths that are set up, and if you sign up for a credit card, then you get a free T-shirt. Yes. And I was like, I'm in for that. So not one, not two, but four T-shirts later, because that's all I was equating was four T-shirts. Um, I had clean shirts for the rest of the trip, right? There you go. And um, <laughs> I actually still have one of those credit cards, by the way. But I still have one of the T-shirts that I signed up for. Do you really? For. Yeah, all my credit cards didn't get hand-delivered to my mailbox. But um, yeah, I still have one. Uh, this is just predatory crap for kids, you know. There's a reason why the bank set this stuff up on the beach when it's all spring break time. And what was even worse is my friends would teach me that, hey, because um, it's always the same thing, right? It's the, the bait is zero interest for six months, mm-hmm. Right. And at the time, you were allowed to transfer. So the other credit cards were trying to gobble up the credit cards. So you would transfer your balance to a new credit card, which what? would be zero payments for six months. 
Oh. So what I used to do is I'd charge it, charge it, charge it. And then I'd transfer the balance over to a new credit card, which had zero payments for six months. Wow. And I was flipping and opening credit cards until I got up to about 16. So I had 16 credit oh, cards. My yeah. And, um, would you continue using the one that you'd got rid of the balance on or is that well, just a at, way to at first? No. Okay. Right. The answer is at first. No. Um, go big, it, well, it goes back to, uh, one of the, the things that I, I think all people recognize is that if the limit is blank, you will eventually hit the limit. Fact. So the lower the limit is the safer you are, which is something I want to teach my kids early, 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 you know, talk, we talked about money already. My oldest is 12 youngest is seven. And uh, I want, I want them to have a, a better fundamental understanding of what money and credit are. But so here I am, I'm 19, 20 and 21 and I've got no business having 16 credit cards, but I've got them <laughs> and, uh, I haven't had to make a payment yet. And I was living out of cash because, uh, you know, I was, I was a bartender and, right. and, and, um, server. So for the most part, I didn't use credit, but credit is, t- is, is supposed to be a tool. That's what it's supposed to be. Um, it's one of two tools. It's a tool for convenience is one tool. Um, it's a tool for emergencies. If you have no other options, it would be another tool. I had one of those. A too. third tool, uh, right? A third tool that if you were to add a third one is if it if you're smart and you use it wisely, you can get perks. Use rewards, because yeah. right, the rewards. Um, I literally my my mom comes down every single year for Thanksgiving and for a kid's birthday. And she hasn't had to pay for a flight in probably 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah. And I need to start doing that. And see, I have literally deprived myself of a credit card because I don't trust myself. Well, that's good. It's like a crackhead in a candy store. You don't, you don't want to. It is. It's a thing. Um, But, you know, I, I'm, I wanted to take a trip uh, to North Carolina for something. And I really wish it was a bus- it was going to be a business trip. And I really would have liked to have yep. some points to pay for the travel. And so uh, maybe in our next budget meeting, we can sit. Maybe, talk about just, that. Just like a, just like a baby, <laughs> like, a, like a baby limit, like, you know, 500 bucks. <laughs> right. Just a baby one. <laughs> I can't be trusted. Right. Uh, the, the whole idea behind it, though, is that if you start to understand what those are, well, uh, one thing I love that you just said, because I don't think people regulate themselves well, is you know what your weakness is, and therefore you stay away from it, right? So yes. I've been budging with you for years now, and, and I know that you have a an account that's basically a prepaid card that once it goes zero balance, there is no more money. Correct. It's like credit card in reverse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is smart. It's basically a cash system, but with yeah. the convenience of credit, right? Yes. Um, but the... The, the piece here is that when, when you give a, here's an example. There was a, I guess it was about three years ago for Christmas. I wanted my kids to, um, have the, uh, the ability to help go buy their siblings and my wife yeah. gifts. Right. Yeah. So you don't just say free reign, go, go pick something out and I'll buy it because they'll feel f- to get some weird stuff inexpensive stuff or right. just stupid stuff. Right. Um, so, so, you know, we went to a Bucky's. And I gave them all 20 bucks. And I said, hey, all three of you guys have 20 bucks. You know, go pick out something to give each other. And what's interesting is, is they didn't want to break the $20 bill. Oh, right? That's the worst. Which, right. So there's a visceral response to breaking it. That's why the yeah. cash systems, when you think about like a Dave Ramsey and the envelope system, that's why it works is people don't want to break their 100 bucks. Or uh, if the envelope is almost empty and it's 14 days before you can refill it, you start making better choices because right. there's a visceral response to it, which credit cards eliminate, right? Yes. Um, that's so why play, if play you go... The convenience factor. Right. Well, that's also why if you go to a casino, do you play with money? 
Um, no. What do you play with? Chips. Because why? Because it's play money. It's play money. It's not real. It's monopoly it's money. It's not real. So we have no problem, problem splashing the pot with all this mm-hmm. play money because it's not real money. Yeah. It's a token. It's a chip. A credit card is the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why you are... Uh, we are all weaker when it comes to just swiping, swiping, swipe, swiping. We make poor decisions, right? And so when you really think about that, um, if you don't have the self-control, you've got to do a couple of things. Either A, don't use credit cards at all. B, set the limit as low as possible. So I get the need these days, especially since we uh, a lot of people commute 30 minutes, sometimes an hour one way, one way or the other, that you might need to have a credit card for 500 bucks or a thousand bucks for what happens if I blow out two tires and I have no money. Um, I need to be able to fix my tires so I can keep on working. Right. right? Or if you're on a, a trip, a vacation, whatever, the last thing you want to do is be stuck somewhere and you not have the ability to, to get a hotel room if you're stuck, something like that. Um, but outside of that, in, in for the most part, credit is, is not good for 90% of the world. Right. You know, and I'm giving a, a weird number, but Based on my experience of looking at people's credit reports, most people mismanage the use of credit cards, the use of credit. It's right? a, um, because you only have to make that low minimum payment, yep. which is reasonable, yep. right? And then, um, like I said earlier, I felt like flattered that they would give me a $10,000 credit oh, line. Now I'm a big girl. Now I'm a big girl, but I think people too are like, the credit line that is extended yep. makes you feel good. It's yep. like I've arrived. Look what, because it's based off of income or status. I don't know. So I think that's part of it too, right? Like, yep. um, but yeah, so they are mismanaged. Well, here, and here's something, it's a good rule to, to learn. It's a rule I learned back in finance class years ago, but it's called the rule of 72. And the rule of 72 is something that can work for you or work against you, Right. And so one thing that, that I'm acutely aware of is the power it can work against you. So what, what I mean by this is 72 divided by whatever the rate of return is, is how fast we'll take your money to double. So if we're, if we're looking from a positive light, if I've got a thousand bucks in the bank and I invest it in the stock market and, and the stock market that for the next couple of years averages a 10% rate of return, then 72 divided by 10 means that every 7.2 years, my money doubles. So my 1000 bucks turns into 2000 bucks. Okay. My 2000 turns into 4000 mm-hmm. So that rule of 72 is a good thing to understand of about how long will it take to retire. I can back into how much money do I need to have for it to double, double, double based on rate of return. It's a good thing to know. What people don't apply the rule of 72 towards, which I think would help them with their spending habits, is it works the same way against you, mm-hmm. right? So... Let's go back to my credit cards that I flip, 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 no payments, no payments, no payments, zero interest, zero interest. The small print though is, is that when the payments do come due, if you miss it, it goes from zero interest to like 24. At least that's what it was back in, in, in my era, right? So now if you divide 72 by 24, right, then you're talking about about every three years, oh. you're paying for that shirt again. Oh my gosh. You're paying yeah. for that purse again. You're paying for that trip again. So when you start thinking about like it drives me nuts, uh, Christy. I love you. I love you. I love you. Uh, there are some dresses in our uh, Dress, closet. Dresses in your closet. Dresses in the closet. Not for me. Thanks sure, for pointing that out. Sure. Just on Saturdays. There's some dresses in the closet that still have a price tag on it. So I know it's never been worn before, right? And I know that women do this. I know that they like you go pick out two things. I don't know what I'm wearing. So you, yeah. you. But 
Now there's this thing. Now it's one thing if you buy it in cash and it's out of a budget and you've got a budgeted allocation for how much you're going to spend on yourself because you deserve it, whatever that is, if it fits the budget, right? But let's say a different example, because for sure my wife was buying it with cash. But let's say a different, what if somebody in college had a, a dance coming up and they swiped that credit card for two $200 dresses, her, right? Her name is Bryn. <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out. <laughs> and then of course you wore one of them, right? Yeah. And then you just forgot to take the other one back where, oh, I'll wear that one someday. Yeah. And now it's on credit. And like you said, the payments are palatable. Mm-hmm. So it's only 50 bucks, 30 bucks. I'm a bartender. I can pay that 50 bucks and mm-hmm. keep floating that balance. But what's happening because you're carrying the balance, you're paying for that. But depending on your, on your interest rate on the credit card, you're paying for that dress that you never wore in the first place Every couple of years, again, 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 again. And so when you so what, what what's weird is when I learned that uh, early on, and I finally understood that, holy crap, by carrying a balance, half the stuff I bought, I don't even have anymore. Don't even have I any. certainly don't remember that meal that I paid I for. Say, I pooped it out 24 eating, hours later, right? We're eating and drinking our money. Right, eating and drinking our money and yeah. pooping it out, and that's what's happening. And then you get to pay for your poop. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's the craziest thing when you think about it, yeah. what, what carrying a balance is if you don't, operate it like a tool. Right. Right. So if you cannot pay off your credit card balance, not the payment, the balance every single month, you have too much debt. You need to chop up your credit cards. You need to decrease your limit. You need to seriously work on, on getting that down. Um, the other thing we didn't talk about as far as credit cards being a tool or credit in general is how it applies to mortgages. Hmm. You know, I mean, you, that's a good point. That's a good point. As far as mortgages go, those credit cards um, or credit lines boost your score or they don't or they don't. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. Some basic rules there. You know, it's, it's interesting, right? So uh, let's say you did make good choices. Again, this is lack of education, in the general public. So you make good choices. You never open up a credit card at all. Mm-hmm. You save some money uh, and uh, it was cash savings because you're a bartender. Yep. Um, you, so literally we don't get to qualify for having any income because any. it was all cash <laughs> you and you've never, an and, and even though you've paid everything with cash, you've never established credit, uh, through the credit agencies. Yeah. So you're the good kid that I can't give a mortgage to. Right. So you have to have some credit to establish a credit score. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now credit scores when it comes to credit cards is interesting too. So longevity is one of them. So what the, remember I said earlier, one of those credit cards I have back from back in college, I still have. It's got a zero balance. I literally never use it. When they send me a credit card, I chop it up and throw it away. Okay. It's literally just because I've had it for 20 years now. Oh. So that the fact that I've got a credit limit open for literally 20 years is helping my credit score. Okay. Okay. Even with um, no balance, huh? Even with no balance. Um, or very little. Every once in a while, it's, it's, it's my Capital One. It's, it's my Capital One card that you're aware oh, of. the one that I have. Yeah. So every once in a while, there'll be a couple hundred bucks on it and then we pay it off. Yeah. It's literally for the, my other credit card doesn't work scenario. That's literally all it is. That one, yeah. Um, so that's, that, that's one element. The second element is what is the balance compared to the credit limit, yes, right? Yes, this is a big one. Right. So um, there's a dangerous game, right? You want to reduce your limit because you don't want to you know, spend too much that you, can't, that you get into the, the, the dark hole that you can never get out of, right? right? But you don't want to spend up to the limit either. So uh, general rules of thumb, you don't want to ever really exceed 50% of the limit as a credit. So what that means is if you have a $1,000 credit card, mm-hmm. You never want to spend more than about 500 in a month and then pay it off, right? right? Because if your limit is greater than 50%, greater than 70%, greater than 30%, 30, 50, 70, basically, certainly limited out. 
every tier that you hit, the credit scores go down, down, even if you're paying it off each month. So now you're balancing that element because mm-hmm. you're, you know, are you mismanaging your money? Do you have the ability to? Um, the, the credit limits themselves. You know, if you think about it intuitively, if you have a $100,000 credit card, what the credit agencies know, what banks know is eventually it's, you know, you have the potential of having this extra $100,000 debt out there. Yeah. Um, obviously, slow paying, no, no pays will crush your credit. Crush your credit. So, so, so I think the, two, the discipline of that. The two hardest hits on your credit are mortgages and credit cards. Missed payments on a mortgage or a credit card. Separate of public records. Like separate of if you did a foreclosure or bankruptcy or, or collection, right? So, so separate of public record. Yeah, yeah, you're right. As far as payments missed. Yes. Um, so typically, correct me if I'm wrong, once you miss a mortgage payment, once it's recorded or a credit card payment, like 100 points, boom, hit. Yeah, a, a late payment on a mortgage can be 100, 150 points yeah. just like that or more. Right. I mean, if you were 800 credit score, you're for sure in the 600s or 500s you know, overnight. And then the only way to rebuild or repair from there is time. time. 12 oh. months without another missed payment. And, and it's not even a fixed number. Your credit scores will recover over time. The longer the time, six months later, it's a little bit better. A year later, okay. it's a little better. Three years later, it's a little better. Um, but it could take years to get back if you don't have the discipline to even pay it on time, Mm -hmm. which is why people do, you know, auto draft, which then kind of circulates the problem because you don't feel the pain of the money leaving your hands because you've swiped it and then it paid itself and you lose touch with reality of, of what's coming into your bank account and what's leaving your bank account. So it kind of perpetuates the problem, right? Um, you know, now we've got, we don't even need credit cards anymore, right? We've got Apple Pay. Why, why do I need a credit card? I can just swipe my phone over it. I know. And here's the thing. I don't want to set that up. No. Nope. And my phone literally will not stop reminding me. Yep. I'm like, over and over and over. stop. Because it says I haven't finished setting up my phone. Yeah. Well, how about in-app purchases? Terrible. Terrible. I mean. Oh, you, that's a whole, ooh, that's uh, like a episode. That's like, that's that an That was a bad day. That was a bad day for I'll, Josh. I'll Sigmund. share that story. It's <laughs> actually I forgot about that. You started laughing. What, I, re- I remember. What time is it? So what yeah. time is it? <laughs> right. I'll make it a three-minute story. I'll make it a three-minute story. This, this is, is a good one. Well, parents out there, and listen the, clearly. Oh, yeah, also a PSA. Yeah. This, this is this is a public service <laughs> announcement for sure. So um, yes, I you if you don't know it, there are in-app purchases. I'm an idiot. I did not know this. Okay. So what that means is that. Even if you buy a game for a kid and it's a free game, if it's if you don't have certain controls set up on your phone, then the kid can purchase using the already set up credit card that you have tied to your Apple account or whatever. And so, so I do read my credit card statements and I do look at my bank statements. And uh, a couple of years back, my, my dear loving daughter, who is 12, was at the time probably five. And I remember I got this credit card. Well, first of all, my credit card maxed out, which never happens. And so that was the first indicator. So then I opened up my statement and looked at it. And um, I was mad at Apple because Apple was screwing me. They were right. they were charging all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, it was only five bucks here, five bucks there. But the so five bucks... they were bucks, line item. Oh, it was line item. Okay. Yep. All these iTunes purchases uh, to the tune of $12,000. $12,000. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, so I called my wife up at first and I was like, Hey baby, um, have you been buying stuff? Like, are you buying CDs? Are you like, are you buying music? Like, are you creating $5. a music? Like, what can we buy? Like, what's fine? Like, are you, what are you doing on Apple? <laughs> like uh, iTunes? Cause uh, you know, it's, it was a new concept for me. I didn't understand what's happening. 
So she's like, no, babe, I, I haven't done any of that. And I was like, okay. So then I call, call out iTunes to find out that all these purchases were $2.99 to $7 things. Um, we were, my daughter was dressing her Barbie with imaginary clothes. <laughs> this is the best. So there's yeah, like, l- literally. Just to add fuel to the fire. Oh, dude. So not only do not have the Barbie, not only do not have the Barbie clothes, <laughs> we're paying for this. And by the way, she's never looked at that app probably in 10 years, right? Right. But there was $12,000 of crap that was she's charged sad. by click, 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 click. girls got a wardrobe. Uh, that, that Barbie that is Barbie. dressed, <laughs> right? I wonder at. which Barbie it was. I need to go back and look at it. But it, it's bizarre, oh, and, so and it, you know. But you think about it. Um, how about uh, most people have the ability if, if they're still wired in with cable, a kid can go buy a five dollar movie for the yeah. night. Yeah. Click click doesn't like you don't even know. And if you don't check your credit card and you don't line item look at it, the credit card, you can't get pissed about it. And I, I use that word because you got to at some point get a visceral reaction when you ha- when you pay, even if you can pay the balance in full, and. You realize that you just spent fifteen hundred bucks or three thousand bucks in a month in credit card, and you're, you you got to ask yourself, what do what I have? Do I what have? do I actually still have right. that's worth three thousand bucks? Hold in my hand right. What shows, most of yeah. Americans do is they don't have anything to show for it. It wasn't an improvement right. project on their house. It wasn't buying a a collector's item that's going to go up in value. It was we ate it. Yep. We drank it. We experienced it or we kept up with the Joneses and it's going to be out of style in six months anyways. Right. And nor do they want to face the reality of that conversation with themselves. Oh dude. And then it sucks. Well, and how about if it's not with themselves, what if they are actually the saver and they want to have the conversation, but then their spouse is the spender or the emotional control that comes with who's the primary breadwinner. And is it, is it fair to even have that? You make all the money. Um, can I really limit your spending? Right. Right. Um, or the flip side or the flip side, or, you know, I make all the money. Sure. I agree to these rules, but I'm going to break them whenever I want. Right. Because, well, I make all the money. I deserve it. And I deserve deserve it. it. And and that becomes an issue in and of itself. And I think those are all things that we continue to unfold. Um, which is where like the idea of the money podcast in and of itself, maybe not be that sexy and exciting, but legit, there's so many great things that, that come from it as far as the emotions and the relationships and the psychology and all of that, which is super cool. So well, let's wrap up the credit do, side yeah, of thing. So I want to talk and then the rule of 72, right? Yeah. So 72 is that good rule that we talked about earlier, but when it really comes down to credit, let's go back to, okay, let's, how can you use, use it for good mm-hmm. in the event that you can control your habits, right? Uh, or how do you at least educate your kids or educate yourself or, mm-hmm try to make a change, right? Um, the first job is to get the debt to zero, right? Um, how you do that is something that's a budgeting idea that I learned years ago. Um, because it, I get asked the question all the time, okay, uh, Josh, you just said that every extra dollar went towards debt reduction. Would I actually advise that? No. Like knowing what I know now, um, by just using what I had to live, by just paying my rent, uh, by just uh, paying for food and and that was it and my car payment at the time my student loans at the time mm-hmm. and dumping every extra dollar 
I'm just really lucky that I didn't have an emergency. I'm just really lucky that I didn't have a four tires blowout. I'm just really lucky that there wasn't a catastrophic event because I had nothing to dip back into because I left nothing in the bank. I literally took extra, every extra dollar yeah. and dumped it towards debt reduction, right? And had you even had you learned that yet? I hadn't learned that yet. Learned it, was, it was just like I, I knew I wanted to be out of debt, and so I was going to do whatever it took. Right. So uh, what one of my mentors named Rick taught me was this idea of a float account. And it's really important to have a float account because what a float account is is three to nine months, so average six, three to nine months of reserves – in cash, in a savings account or money market account that is in the event of emergency, right? right? Like this is the, um, we hope we don't crash the airplane, but underneath your seat, there's a flotation device. Mm -hmm. That's what a float account is. And it's three to to nine months months of your survival number, number, not your income. Correct. So so the survival number is defined as what are the minimum payments that you have to pay each month to live? For you, for your lifestyle. So, so uh, you know, I'm, this is not a food, water, shelter conversation, but right. the, like if your kid's in private school, you know, you still should have a few months of, if you, unless you're willing to jerk your kid out of private school, mm-hmm. you have a few months of that. But for sure, it's your mortgage. It's for sure your rent. It's for sure your car payment. Yeah. The minimum payments in your credit cards, a budget allowance based on your average food bill, you know, uh, gas bill, incidentals. Whatever that minimum is that you're like, I could I could tighten the strings and do this mm-hmm. three to six months of that. I like six months. If you're a small business owner, it needs to be nine to twelve months. It's got to be higher if you're a small business owner. Um, separate account. Yeah, separate separate account. Separate Absolutely. Account. And this is this is a uh, a float account because Sorry, now yeah, well, let me clarify that uh, mm-hmm. you said for a business owner. Mm-hmm. Small business owner. All I'm, all I'm saying is you're at a higher risk okay. uh, because my, if you are an employee. Um, the reality is you're going to get that check every month that you can rely on. Mm -hmm. So you don't need as much in your float account as long as you thought through your survival, right? Right. And as long as you thought your job was stable. Let's add that in. But if you're a small business owner, usually the poop hits the fan all at the same time. So right about the time that there's an emergency at home is right about the time that the business is not going well. So you should have a float account for your business and a float account for yourself. That's what I was getting at. Separate, So your business account should have nine to 12 months worth of survival while your personal should have. uh, Yeah. And this is, I'm a, I've become a conservative person when it comes to this stuff. But the element is, is like, I know for sure that to get away from the fear, the emotion around money, there's gotta be a comfort blanket, Mm -hmm. right or wrong. That's there in case of emergency. right? Right. And so how you get there is a question because most people do not have, based on my mortgage experience, mm-hmm. most people do not have three to six months of money in the bank, period, right? So the right. way that you get there then, and, and what I was saying earlier is I dumped all money into debt reduction. I wouldn't do that. I'd take 50% of my leftover uh, money at the, after I pay my bills, 50%, I would put into a float account, okay. 50% I would put into debt reduction. So for easy numbers... Let's just say that the household income is four thousand bucks, and let's say this is maybe this is after taxes, so just for easy numbers, so, so four thousand. Let's say 4, it took two thousand bucks to pay everything, pay my rent, pay my electricity, all that stuff. Okay, and I've got two thousand left over. Mm-hmm. Then what I would want to do is put a thousand into my float account to start building that up. At the same time as always putting a thousand against debt. Okay. The reason is is that once I get that float account up, now I can put all extra money towards debt reduction. Because in the event of the poop hits a fan, I ran over, all four tires blew up, yeah. kid's sick, I've got a big deductible I've got to pay or whatever, 
I don't go back and dip into the credit that I'm trying to pay down, which is super discouraging. Instead, I reach into my float account, right. pay it out of that. That's the only thing it's there for in case of emergency. And I go right back into splitting, moving forward, add back into my float account, add back into debt reduction. But my debt didn't go up. It didn't go up. So that's how you get ahead. And it could be people, I threw out the number 1,000, 1,000. I understand most people don't have the ability to choose what to do with 2,000 bucks. That's that's a real honest answer, right? I don't care if it's $400. If you have $400 left over at the end of the month, take 200 bucks, set it aside into a float account, take 200 bucks, do debt reduction because it starts somewhere. And where I see why most people don't save or most people don't start working on the, uh, on the debt reduction is what's a hundred bucks going to do? Exactly. Like a hundred bucks savings will not make me retire a hundred bucks of debt reduction against my 10,000. That's like going to do nothing, but it is, it's a start. It's a habit. It's a, uh, a way to move forward. And um, we'll get into laws of compounding interest, things like that later. Well, and I always think, you know, we've talked a lot about bartending and, and waiting tables, Hey, you you get enough two dollar tips, you're gonna end up with, That's a, the truth. with a wad of cash. That's the truth. That's so it doesn't. You can't go broke making a profit. You just can't. Yep. You just can't. So as far as the money market, or the, I'm sorry, the float account goes, um, these are basically checking account type or savings account type accounts, right? They're not not checking, or, in my opinion. You know, for sure, it's not stocks, right. uh, but it, it's got to be something that's out of hand. Right. So like okay. meaning uh, there's a lot of online banks that you can do that. It takes a day. So in 24 hours, I can get the money, mm-hmm. but it takes a transfer. So I've got to go into my account. I've got to transfer the money from that money market account to my checking account so that I can spend it. Right. But it takes the thought. It removes the ability. If I'm in a store, I'm like, oh, that's pretty. I want to buy that. I pull up my I, I, right. I can't just go yeah. spend the money right then, which means that maybe it is something you want to buy, but at least you have to think about it for a day. And yeah. if you still go back a day later, you know, so be it. But uh, there's got to be that separation. That float account should be out of hand, but available. Okay. So it's not a CD. Take six months to get. It's not a stock market. It's not a bond. It's nothing like that. It's a savings account or a money market account that's separate of instantaneous access. Okay. And so just a low earning interest, low earning interest money. Yeah. Low, it's, yeah. yeah it's not yeah. about uh, growing wealth, right? This is here. your Comfy blanket. That's all it is. And then when you say debt reduction, which, where do you start? What's the, is there a plan for that? Great question. So this is where I fundamentally disagree with some of these big programs out there uh, that say pay off the lowest payment first um, or the lowest balance first. And then like the debt snowball, like uh, it works for millions of people. So I'm not going to say it's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Doing something, having a plan and executing is great. It's great. Okay. Math, but, math, but mathematically, <laughs> I would tell you that you pay off the highest interest rate first, period, end of story. Okay. So if the highest interest rate is 19% and it's got the biggest balance and you've got another one that's a $1,000 balance, but it's got a 5% interest rate, you pay off the 19 first. You start yeah. chipping away at the stuff that going back to the rule of 72 is going to cost you the most, the fastest, right? Um, so that's where you start is take that half your money, put it into float, take half your money, apply it towards the highest interest rate debt lowest term debt, right? That's another piece of it. Okay. Meaning if it's paid over 10 years versus over a year, the lowest term has the highest payment, right? Okay, so the highest that. interest rate, shortest term is what you put it towards first. Okay. Uh, that's non-tax deductible. You know, there is some interest in, in, uh, in certain things that are tax deductible we can get into later. But nice. um, yeah, it's, like a, it. it's a starting point and uh, we'll get more into Absolutely. the next steps in the future. The next steps, credit cards, 
Law of 72. Law of 72. Don't yeah. screw it up because it will, it will cost you. thousands of dollars for the dress <laughs> and the closet. No, I love it. No more t-shirts on the beach, okay? No more t-shirts on the beach. It's not, you're not a Bank of America influencer when they send you the credit <laughs> card. That's not how it works. Well, awesome. Very cool. Cheers. Next time. Next time. Bye-bye. Bye.